9.30, uh, Bible study at the Long Church of Christ. Uh, we bring you greetings. Those of you that are out there on Zoom, if I don't forget when we get to a certain point, I wanna ask you to participate in some of the things that we're doing. Last week we had a activity here in the auditorium that uh, we kind of locked you out of, but the people on the tech support tell me that if you just go into the chat room, you can go in there and put your comments and we really appreciate it because everybody's information is very necessary. You please go with me to God in a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for yet another day of life and even more for opportunity to come together as your children because we know that as we gather here, you are here as well. And for that, we are thankful. And we pray, Father, that you will help us to capitalize on the opportunity that we have of the fellowship one with another, and hopefully an opportunity to look into what you have to say to us. We pray that as we search the scriptures and as we discuss some of the issues that are before us as your children, that we will be edified, we will be strengthened, we will be encouraged to truly be disciples of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, before we go into to too much more discussion about the, the scriptures today, and actually we'll pick up where we left off last week, but I want to kind of go over some of the things that we talked about last week. Uh, and I, I feel like there's a, a need for some clarification on the metrics tool. I talked to a few people this morning that indicated that you did receive that. Uh, and, and so why are we doing that? We as a, as a family of God are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that mean? That God was scared when he made us because we're so bad, we like baby's kids or what? Oh, oh what, what does that mean to you when, it, when the scriptures say we're fearfully and wonderfully made? Any thoughts on that? She said carefully. Any other thoughts? <laughs> okay. That's a pretty good description Thank you. <laughs> of him, of carefully, you know, in that he, I mean, he's all knowing, so he. Uh, well, I was. What I was going to say is uh, fearfully and wonderfully means uh, awesome. That's, that's a good way to describe that. Uh, in another life, uh, 40 or 50 years ago, I lose track, when I was an undergrad student, I was a biology major. And, and in biology, they tell you you got plants and you got animals. <laughs> and I always thought, you know, or, or I was at least told that we were the animals. We are so much more than animals. I mean, God breathed into us the breath of life. He imprinted upon us his DNA. 
And so we have a spirit in us that no other creature on, on the planet has. We're a little bit lower than angels and crowned with glory and honor. So I think that it's really important for us to realize just how blessed we are. Uh, God tells us that we have gifts. Uh, when you think about it, it's a real blessing. It's a gift that we're here today. I mean, we do stuff that we just kind of take for granted. The fact that you were able to ambulate to, to walk in here today, that you can see and talk and think and feel and hear, is a real blessing. It's a gift from God. Uh, and, and it's something that we can easily take for, for granted, but I digress. What I really wanted to touch on is uh, really some of the gifts that are mentioned here. He talks about the gift of prophecy. I don't know if we have any prophets here. <laughs> but the, the scriptures go on to say that if you go into the next chapter, uh, if there are prophecies, they will see. But that when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away with. Would you agree with me that Jesus Christ is perfect? And he has come, amen? And so the prophecy has been given to us. And we, we have 66 books of the Bible that give us all kinds of prophecy that we can go through to validate that Jesus is Lord. What else does it say? It says that um, um, there are ministers. Now we have preachers, we have ministers, but would you agree that we all can minister to someone? So what, what, uh, the idea is, is that what God has blessed us with, we can minister to other people. We can use our skills and talents and just abilities that God has given us. Now I know that brother, uh, brother teacher is gonna be happy to see this one. He talks about he said that some have the gift of teaching. Are there any teachers here? Ooh, <laughs> I would expect more of a response than that. I think we can all teach. How many of your parents? Okay, if you're a parent, you're a teacher, <laughs> amen? I mean, if you're not, then okay, <laughs> reevaluate that, that job. Uh, and then he talks about rulers. Uh, but then he talks about showing mercy. It's also something that we all can do, amen? Uh, we all have special talents and gifts, and I, I just wanted us to be able to appreciate that. Jesus said, uh, the, the scriptures say, and he walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon Andrew's brother casting out nets uh, into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he, then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Does that apply to us today? Okay. <laughs> Why do you think he used the analogy of fishermen? That's right. And the guys he was talking to were, and so he, you know, he made that connection. I'm going to, make you fishers of men. And I think that they understood that they were gonna be doing more than just catching those slimy things with scales. I mean, he was talking about fishers of men. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. God will use that talent um, to 
to glorify him Amen. and bring others to him. Okay. Yes, sir. I was going to say, I, I think it's also kind of interesting, though, that um, that it's that it's fishers um, and not hunters, because, of course, there were hunters back then, too. And uh, but if you look at it, fishing is you're casting a net and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Right. And, and, and you're casting a wide net where hunting is more precision and you have an idea like you have an idea about what you want to get, mm -hmm. perhaps even. And so I think that. Fisher also might apply to it's more general. It's just cast and okay. and get what you can get. Okay, now I know we have some fishermen in here. I went I went fishing with uh, Sister Kelly. She's quite the fisher person. I mean, she can really go with that little zydeco reel that she has. If Jesus were to walk in here today and it was a similar situation, he probably you know would not if he was going to make an analogy like that. How could he refer to us? I mean, fishers of men still applies to us because we know what he meant when he said that. How does that, I mean, what would we be? Recruiters? Uh, servants? Servants a good one. I thought about it a little bit because I was kind of like pondering over servant. That's one of the ones that came to my mind. But this is what I thought about. I thought about the word disciple. That word makes sense to us? Disciple is, the disciple is not just an apprentice. A disciple is somebody that really makes themselves a carbon copy of the person who they're studying with, who they're discipling under. So as disciples of Christ, we are really making an effort to be just like Christ, as, as close as we can. And so in order to do that, it's useful that you would be able to understand and know who you are and be able to, to tap into some of those gifts that you have that would enable you to best serve the Lord and to best be a disciple for God. And all of us come with something a little bit different. And that's what a lot of the scriptures that we've been talking about all through Romans and 1 Corinthians talk about the fact that we have gifts different we have different gifts and it's important for us to as disciples work together one of the uh, stories that i want to one of the classes that i want to uh, uh, share with you in the future is flight of the buffalo anybody heard of that flight of the buffalo talks about the fact that Everybody working together. So I'll just leave that as a cliffhanger. When we get to that, he'll say, oh, that's what he was talking about. He wasn't totally losing his mind. But uh, as disciples of Christ, we have to stand on the word of God. This is how we know how to be like Christ. This is how we know the mind of Christ. This is how we understand what he is saying to us. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God. So the reason I wanted to use this MBTI is because it helps us to understand ourselves better and to look at some of the gifts that we have. It's easy, it's cost effective. I talked to a brother yesterday, said when he clicked on the link, first thing he started asking for was money. I don't need to make anybody to pay any money. The reason I chose this is because it's free. 
uh, I, I probably shared with you last week that practitioners charge anywhere from 100 to 500 dollars to do this but this thing is free and it's a modification of the original Myers and Briggs that's based on Jungian psychology but the important thing is it's a psychometric tool that helps us to understand ourselves a little bit better it's it's, it's a logical model of human behavior uh, and it helps us to look at our diversity the difference that we have with one another and the important thing is to use the strengths that we have and to understand our weaknesses. I appreciate a brother last week saying that he's done this before and one of his bosses used it to manipulate him. I want you to know that there is no intention to do any manipulation here. In fact, back in the days when I used to do this, the 126 question uh, survey, you had to fill it out, give it to me, I had a template that I would go through and spend, you know, quite a bit of time trying to interpret that. Now you can do all that online and they have these really cosmic algorithms back there that solve all that for you. So you don't have to share that with anybody if you don't want to. But I think it's very useful for us to share some of our types. Like I was saying, um, hopefully we'll be able to share some Bible characters that have various types. It was fascinating for me to find out that Peter has the same, uh, the same personality profile as mine. And I understand that now. I mean, he's very impulsive, you know, he's like, you know, and, and you see it as we go through some of these classes, you know, I kind of go over here and go over there and kind of get disoriented sometimes, but it makes sense to me. You know, understanding myself better. When Peter looked out and saw Jesus say, oh yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> He jumped out on the water. Or somebody was doing something and Peter just pulled out his sword. You know, I understand that. I identify with that behavior. So hopefully as we look at some of the, the Bible characters, it will help us to better understand each other and better understand ourselves. Does anybody have any questions about that? If anybody's offended by that or feels uncomfortable with it, please give me a call or do the wet eyeball talk to me or something. Okay, so last Brother, week. Brother Carl? Yes. I'm confused. We had to take a, a quiz to find yeah. out what we were. How do they know who the Bible characters are, what their personalities are? Well, I'm gonna go uh, over that. And I'll also give you a sheet that will give you a whole list of all the in fact, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, I will, I have to do the research to pull up the Bible characters. Obviously, Peter didn't sit down and fill out one of these like you did. Uh, somebody looked at his characteristics and said, yeah, that fits this one, that fits that one, that fits this one, that fits that one. And they came out with his profile. But um, if you go on the internet and just type in Myers-Briggs, there are thousands of things out there. They compare you with Star Wars characters. They compare you with Harry Potter characters. They compare all kinds of different people. I just happen to focus in on the Bible characters. And the reason for that is we know and love and cherish many of the characters of the Bible. And if we can identify with them, as having a similar personal personality profile as ours. It might be useful 
as we work in serving in the venue. And as I was saying, go through the instrument, complete it. When you get to the end and score it, there are a whole bunch of things down here that helps you understand your profile. Click on the career development, the personality type careers, the way you communicate, a lot of stuff that's there. And so that when we come together, we can appreciate uh, the unique skills that you bring to the family of God as we work together to serve. Yes. Uh, I haven't locked that in on a long race uh, calendar, but right now a lot of people haven't done it. So if I go into the explanation, it's not going to really mean that much to you, but I think you will appreciate it if you go in and you know what your profile is and you read up a little bit on it. And as we move towards that place where we look where we see where you might really fit into how you can serve in the, in the family of God, it'll make more sense. And hopefully as we work towards getting the ministry fair together, when you know where your strengths are, you might align yourself with some of those ministries that enable you to serve in that capacity. Or you can look at where maybe your weaknesses are and say, you know, I can get stronger if I go over there and participate in this and just, you know, get active in that area. Does that make sense? Okay. So last week, you remember this? We had the easels up. I want to thank all of you that are here that participated in that. I think it's some very useful information. That information that you gave us, I, I, it's, it should be on a handout. I wouldn't uh, somehow made a glitch on it. Okay. okay. So what I did was I made copies of your comments that you put on those post-it notes that talked about the be careful little ears what you hear and eyes what you see and feet where you go and hands what you do. And then there was one that was heart, mind, and mouth. So I printed them out because as we go rip through them here on the screen, I'd like for you to just kind of look at them and see if there's any that resonate with you or that kind of jump out at you that, you know, that are intriguing to you. Uh, here's the first one. I mean, here was the question that was asked. As the body of Christ, what are you able to do with the visible, most favorable aspects of our lives that may correlate with your ears, eyes, nose, feet, hands, yada, yada, yada. Okay? So here's some of the ones that you, here's the first one. Uh, door knocking is the first one that's up there. And again, I uh, remind you that on the 2nd of October, there's a worldwide door knocking campaign within the churches of Christ. Over 1,000 congregations are coming together to go out and knock on doors and just say, hey, we're the Church of Christ and want to invite you to come and be in our fellowship. Now, some of the congregations have made up specific door knockers, you know, the little things that you hang on people's doors that are, you know, and there's about eight different designs that, you know, that they're going to hang out there. I particularly plan to go and work with the Suitland Church of Christ. 
because they're, they're one of the ones that made me aware of this campaign. If you're interested in, in any of that kind of activity, please let me know. But there's a lot of information in that handout and I can send that out to the congregation too. But it talks about door knocking, stepping out of your comfort zone. Uh, what are some of those interesting things up there that you see that you could see that could really help us in the family of God here in Laurel? Visit the sick. Uh, prepare for Bible Bowl. Serve in the food pantry. Yes, go. Is Monday night for the master up there? Uh, no, I didn't make the hit parade. <laughs> but it's certainly one that, that can, we can use some help on. Uh, I think that it's, it's not up there like Monday night for the master. But it's up there like filling out cards or writing to people or calling folks. And that's what we do for Monday Night for the Masters. It's modified and changed over time. We used to you know, get the cards when we filled them out before we went to Alexio. And we'd sit down and call people up and talk to them and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of work to do. And, and we appreciate everybody that's participated in that. I'll do this in at the last minute. <laughs> this is a... Uh, this is a door knocking campaign that we did at Crusade for Christ. The last time our grandkids were with us. That's my grandson in front, granddaughter here. You recognize the woman holding the, the sick sign? They, they broke up into different groups. And that particular day, we were in group six. And group six was designated to go to a specific place to go knock on doors. And it has its ups and its downs. Sometimes it's terrifying. You don't know who's gonna be on the other side of that door. It might, you might feel more comfortable just calling people on the phone or writing them a note or a letter or something like that. But the point is, is that there's a lot to do. Here's some more. This says uh, serving others with physical abilities. I think that serving others with physical disabilities also might be something that you know, somebody wants to consider. I work, oh, many of you know Brother Roy. And uh, you know, I've been spending a lot of time with him, and it's it's spiritually edifying. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a brother in Christ. Anything else out there that anybody sees? There's a food pantry again. Now, here's what I did: is I just took the raw data and put it on the on the slide. I didn't affinitize it or anything like that, or put them in categories. So. If, if six people said food pantry, I put down food pantry, food pantry, food pantry, you know, like that. But you get an idea of what's up there. Uh, has anybody ever participated in Habitat for Humanity? Okay, uh, when I saw that, uh, last Thursday when we were talking online in the lobby thing, I thought about the fact that the Red Cross gives out they have a program where you can do smoke detectors is it smoke detectors or yeah yeah uh and i was at a preacher's meeting that and they make this presentation they'll give you hundreds thousands they got a, a over million dollar project that enables you to go into people's houses and put up these smoke detectors 
And one of the congregations down there in DC, that's in an area where you can't go around and knock on people's doors, they use this as a way to get in the house. So they say, hey, we'll come in and put in free smoke detectors. And they're the 10 the year smoke detectors. And you go in there and you put them on and you got a Church of Christ ball cap, <laughs> Church of Christ t-shirt. <laughs> and if they say, tell us about the Church of Christ. Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of different ways in which we can serve the Lord. Any other comments or questions? See, there's one, uh, Joe, writing cards. So that links with Monday Night for the Masters. Here's the uh, eyes that you see and uh, ears that you hear. Obviously studying God's word, reading the scriptures. Uh, there in the middle it says, don't watch garbage on TV. You almost can't avoid that. If you turn on the TV, there's gonna be some garbage. <laughs> but uh, it, that's why it says be careful what you see and what you hear. Here's some more, listen in to others. Uh, being careful about the things you should, that you say. A few typos there, but you know, you know what W.C. Fields said, only an idiot can spell a word one way. So uh, some more for eyes and ears. Listen to those that are hurting, work for the Lord. And, and an interesting thing to note is that when you're doing the things with your hands and feet, you need your eyes and ears, right? So it's just like the body of Christ. All these different parts of the body of Christ need to work together. And here's the last one. Uh, this is the heart. The heart, mouth, and, and mind. Show love. Love others. Praise God, those kinds of things. Okay. So those are some of the things that, that you said. And like I said, that eventually, hopefully we'll get to a point where we can uh, align those along with the various ministries. And people that have stepped up and said those things will, uh, See to it that you get a chance to participate in those things that you'd like to. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's interesting to see on each of these lists some things that are, um, I guess, crossed over on each list, like making cards or calls. Uh -huh. You know. You can use your mouth and yes. your eyes uh -huh. and your hands uh -huh. and your heart. Yeah. You know, it's not just one thing sometimes. That's but, right. You know, if you think about it first, uh -huh. using your head, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. put it into practice or, yes. to, you know, to, um, you know, into action, uh -huh. then you're using multiple, you know, and, you know, like Monday night for the masters, uh -huh. You can have it as kind of a um, a um, what's the word uh, multidisciplinary multi, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know people can help put stamps on the cards. You yeah. know, some can pick cards out. You know, just different things. So yeah. it's you know it's not just a one. Sometimes it can be a one thing. You uh -huh. know, but most of the time it helps 
everyone. And also, uh, the elders sent out this list of you know people that you know need a call or need help or need a visit or sometimes you know you just get on the phone and call them. Every time we have life group on Sunday, one of the last things that we talk about is call somebody. Especially at this time when we're trying to get rejuvenated as a body of Christ, as a family of God, as an assembly here. Some people have kind of gotten used to going to church in their pajamas. <laughs> and so we might want to call them up and, and encourage them to say, hey, you know, you're missing out on something. Uh, not coming here and being with the assembly. There's a different energy. There's a different experience. And so, you know, we don't want to discourage those people that are on Zoom. All the people that are out there on Zoom, we love you. <laughs> uh, and we appreciate you. But we'd like to see you in person. Uh, so any other comments? Okay, moving on. Last thing that we were looking at before we jumped into the exercise because we were short on time. This particular passage of scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says, it talks about parts of the body that seem to be weaker that are indispensable. And parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor and put parts and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. This is just kind of what came to my mind. Any thoughts that you have about that? Before I go into my interpolation of what I thought about when I saw that. Okay, I guess I'm on my own. <laughs> what, the first thing that made me think about was the, the, the digestive system. It's essential for nourishment. You don't eat, you don't live. But there's a lot of stuff going on in that digestive system. Do, I mean, you know, we, this is the front end and, you know, it goes all the way through. Essentially, we have a sewage system within our bodies. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of stuff going on in our digestive system. Uh, uh, some, some scientists, some uh, practitioners say that 70 to 90% of diseases start in your gut. Has anybody heard of leaky gut? Leaky gut, uh, those toxins that get out of your digestive system and leak into parts of your body and your joints go bad and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, so there's endotoxins. How, how about IBS, bowel syndrome? Heard of that? When, that? when those kind of things happen, it, it, does it affect your disposition? I would imagine so. And uh, there are trillions, trillions of bacteria. Some of them are good bacteria, some of them are bad bacteria. Uh, and some scientists say that we at any one time have anywhere from five to 20 pounds of undigested toxins in our body. Now that affects us, wouldn't you agree? And it also affects the central nervous system. You'd be surprised, you know, when you have that craving for sweets, that's your digestive system say, hey, go and get that candy bar. <laughs> you know you want it. It's amazing how different parts of our bodies influence other parts of our bodies. So now this whole dissertation in Romans and Corinthians talks about the body of Christ, the hands, the eyes, the feet, the different parts that you don't wanna talk about, that you leave to me to talk about, uh, and that are just kinda like, not the kind of thing that's really elegant to talk about, but they're there. So we're making the correlation to the body of Christ, amen? Okay, so. If there's toxins in the human body, 
Is it possible that we can have toxins within the church? And what are some of those toxins? It's time for y'all to talk now. Don't go quiet on me. False doctrine. Sin. Sin. Attitude. Attitude. Yes, yes, yes. Has anybody ever been at a congregation where there was a split? Yeah. It's a painful experience. Uh, it's not something that you really, I was at a congregation when it happened and it was like a punch in the gut. It was just not something that you respect. These are people that you love, that you anticipate getting along with, that they're your family, they're spiritually connected to you. Like Jesus is connected to the church. And all of a sudden they go bad on you. <laughs> or they decide, we don't like you anymore. We're gonna go over here and do this. Toxins in the church. I don't want to dwell on this a whole lot, but we need to be aware of it. Um, I've told you about a book that, a couple of books that I had. One is called Love Them and Lead Them. And he talks about all, you know this guy? You know, with a toxic church, because people aren't focused on loving each other, they're focused on all kinds of other things. Love cures everything we just listed about a church being toxic. Love is the cure for all that. Okay, but I'm saving the good part for last. I'm saving the love bomb and peace for later on. Because I want us to feel real good about that, but we need to at least be aware of the fact that toxins are out there. Uh, I was talking about love them and lead them. In love them and lead them, he talks about all these wonderful characteristics that bosses, all of us have had good bosses at some point, I hope. And, 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 and a lot of times there's love there. Uh, and, and, and when you love them, you lead them. I had bosses that I love. I go anywhere with them. I go into battle with them. But then the next book that he wrote was called Abuse Them and Lose Them. <laughs> and in that book, he pointed out 17 different characteristics of all the bad bosses. The narcissistic boss, the arrogant boss, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And each chapter was written with perforated pages. So when you ran up on your boss, you could tear that chapter out, fold it, put a stamp on it, send it to him. <laughs> but they, they put a disclaimer on there to say, if this gonna cost you your job, don't send this to your boss. You can't send it anonymously, but they might have a fingerprint and you'd be in big trouble. But the toxic church, something to think about. And, as, and, and when we get to the love them and lead them part, we wanna make sure that we're not the, the people that are part of the toxic part, but that we're the love them and lead them part. So let's look at some of those toxic things. Did I give this to, uh, sheet to anybody? I guess I didn't. Uh, let's just look at those things, six things that the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart devices, uh, that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run into evil, and a false witness that speaks lies, and one who sows discord with the brother. Isn't it interesting how he talks about that in terms of different parts of the body? Now, when we look at those, aren't you glad we don't have that in the body of Christ today? <laughs> uh, these things, these are things that the Lord hates. 
a lying tongue. Heads are shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Why would anybody devise a wicked plan within the body of Christ? What, what is, what's the driver for that? Selfish, unchristlike, ungodly. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and heavenly and wicked places. Uh, I thought I think I told you about this book called. Uh, Clergy Killers. It's a book called Clergy Killers. I, just to prove to you it really exists, I'll bring it one day. It says every six minutes, there is a person within some religious organization that's getting fired or ramroded or put in trouble because of these people called clergy killers just go around just trying to start stuff. Isn't that hard to believe? No, it's not hard to believe. But it's there. There's something like three hundred and eighty thousand religious organizations within the United States, and within those, just think about it. In the time that we've been talking here, there's been probably about a dozen folks that's trying to do some some of that stuff. So we have to work very diligently to not be part of that. But here's the good news. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against us in judgment shall, shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So we know that if we're doing the right thing, any, any of those clergy killers, any of those terrible, awful, bad people that are raising them up, up against us, the body of Christ, they're not going to be successful because we have the most powerful weapon. The most powerful weapon in the world is the word of God. Amen? So, but, <laughs> you, you, you know, there's some people that get a gun and don't know what to do with it, and they hurt themselves and other people. The word of God is the same way. People can take the word of God and pen knife and take out what they want and leave out stuff, and, it, and they can become dangerous. That's where false doctrine comes in. That's where those clergy killers use their, those weapons of the Bible to, to, to do evil things within the body of Christ. Now, I've given out this sheet to different people. Uh, whoever has the, the sword of the spirit, I guess not. I didn't get that one to somebody. Please read it. And the For the word of, the, of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Hebrews 4, 12. Who has the breastplate of righteousness? Somebody? Yes. The breastplate of righteousness. Be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The belt of truth. The standby shoes. Who has shoes? I have the belt of truth. Okay, go ahead. Um, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. 
then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8, 31, 32. Amen. And uh, shoes is back there. Who has the shield of faith? The shoes of the gospel. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace. Isaiah 52, 7. And here's the, the last one over here. Oh, okay, good. The shield of faith, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. First Peter 1 5. Okay, so yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, the helmet of salvation says, The yes. Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27 and 1. Okay, so all those are different parts of the uh, uh, armor of God. And, and it's important for us to suit up with truth, righteousness, uh, the spirit, the gospel, faith, and salvation, just to go out into the world. If you don't go out there and do that, you are spiritually naked. And you, don't, you can't afford to go out into the world without the whole armor of God on. And it's important for us as the body of Christ, each and every one of us, because all it takes is one weakness within the family. You know how it talks about the different part of the body? I don't know if you've ever had a bunion, you had a toothache. If one part of you is hurting or is damaged or is unprotected, it affects everything. I mean, you, you don't wanna to go to work with a toothache. You don't want to go to work with irritable bowel syndrome or anything like that. So we all have a duty, a responsibility to serve and do things within the body of Christ. We are disciples of Christ, amen? So it's important for us to, to take on that responsibility, to think about what it is that we do. And as we look at going through some of these future lessons, but how are we going to serve and how are we going to use the talents and skills that God has blessed us with? We can do it cheerfully. We can do it with love. And we'll grow closer and stronger together as a family of God. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, we love you and we're thankful that you have blessed us as a body to be your children. We know that sometimes we fall short and we don't always do as we're supposed to. But we're grateful that you have blessed us to be here together with one another. We pray that you will help us to appreciate just how blessed we are. We pray that we will step out of our comfort zone and to do those things that benefit others besides just ourselves, and that we will do all that we can to bring you glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.